1: Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
0: Aren't you glad God doesn't pull the screen down here and show everything you've done and how you think on a screen? You say, well, if he was to do it, I'd go through that door right there. You say, there isn't a door over there. There will be. So now take your Bible and turn to the book of Psalms 81. Psalms 81, back there in the Old Testament. Psalms 81. Psalms 81. And I want you to look there in verse 12. Verse 12. See, there, there's nobody that's so bad that God cannot save them. God can save anybody. Remember, even the Apostle Paul says, I am the chief of sinners. Meaning if, if God can save me, God can save anybody because he was a bad man. So in verse 12, he says, so I gave them up unto their own hearts lust and they walk in their own counsels. Every man doing that, which is right in his own eyes. Isn't that where people are today? Does that mean God can't save them? No, it's a sheep that's gone astray. And this is what happens when you go astray from God. And many people have. Many of God's children are living like a lost sheep. And they have a shepherd. But they don't even want to follow the shepherd. They want to do whatever they want to do with their lives. But there's an expiration date upon our lives. And it's so very important to know this. Turn your Bible to the book of Acts chapter 7. In the book of Acts in chapter 7, there was a deacon who was a preacher. And he got out and he preached. And there were an awful lot of people that were influenced. But these people were not influenced in a good way. They just wanted to stone him. Did he lie to them? No, he told them the truth. Because he told them the truth, they didn't want to hear the truth. So he says here, in verse 51, excuse me, I want to back up just a little bit further on that. Look in verse 42. Verse 42, he says, Then God turned and gave them up. To worship the host of heaven. God will pursue you. He will let you go to the wrong church. He'll let you listen to the wrong teachers. He'll let you support the wrong causes. He'll let you live a sinful life. But there's a day of reckoning coming. It'll give you up to do it. You can do it. Don't think just because God gave up on certain people. It means he's gave up on all of us. To go our own way. Like a sheep. That doesn't mean God doesn't love you. And that God doesn't care. Because God is seeking after us. So he makes the statement here. In verse 51. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your father did, so do you. And you would think, well, they finally get it. No, they just wanted to, to kill Stephen. And that's exactly what they did. They killed him. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Galatians in chapter 5. The book of Galatians in chapter 5. And you'll notice that there is a verse here that gives you a description similar to what we just looked at over there in the book of Romans in chapter 1. So it's not just, okay, homosexuals, can they or can they not be saved? Yes, they can. Years ago, to try to prove to a man that I really believed that salvation was by grace. He sat there, along with two or three others in this living room, and I was witnessing to them up in northern Minnesota. They asked me a question. Because I said, salvation is free. It is the gift of God. And that when you trust Christ as Savior, He'll never cast you out and never lose you. Got a question. says, can a person trust Christ as Savior and be a practicing homosexual? Yeah. Die and go to heaven. Now, that's a loaded question. I'm supposed to say, no. But I said without batting an eye, yes. Because if I don't say yes, I don't, and they don't, they'll never understand grace, and neither will you. Because if God can't say that practicing homosexual, even after he's saved and he does all that bad stuff, then he couldn't do it if you was a liar, if you were filled with envy. A few are filled with jealousy. See, either our salvation is by grace and it's forever or it's not worth a quarter. Because no man has ever earned eternal life and never will. Do I approve of people doing those sins? No, I do not. But I don't approve of people committing adultery and acts of fornication or telling a lie or stealing or being filled with envy. And I'm sure that I'm guilty of a couple things. Don't talk to my wife. But every one of us, if it's not true, you don't know where you're going when you die. If God can't save what we consider to be the worst, where do you put yourself on that scale? When the Bible says there is no difference. Right after all of this in the book of Romans. Now notice what he says in Galatians in chapter 5. Notice in verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, various emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunken, revelling, such like. Ever which I tell you before, as I told you in time past, they which do such things should not inherit the kingdom of God. See there? That's the flesh. The flesh does not inherit the kingdom of God. Only those that are born into God's family do you inherit what your father has. So the Saved man should not walk and live like the lost man. You see, when you were a sheep gone astray, you don't have to go astray because you've got a shepherd now. And God wants us to walk with our shepherd. And He will lead you and He will guide you and He'll give you into fresh pastures and He'll give you some nice fresh water and He can protect you. Per- but you know, when you, there you go. And a lot of God's children have gone astray. It doesn't mean that you're no longer his child. It means that God may have to chasten you and discipline you. But that's because he still loves you. These things are so important. But you see, if that homosexual can't be saved, neither can a person did all these things be saved. Salvation is free. It's the gift of God. And once you have eternal life, it is forever. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of Revelation. See, we've gone from Genesis to Revelation. In the book of Revelation, we're going to look at the end result. God has given them the book of Revelation, told them some things about it's going to happen in the future, talked about the tribulation period, talked about the millennium, new heavens, new earth. And then he says, earth, and he brings them back. Now, let's get back here to reality. So now he's going to go and tell the church something. Uh, that's for us in our period of time. You see, chapter 2 and 3 and so forth, that, that's talking to the church. And then chapter 4, it talking about, oh, you don't hear anything about the church until chapter 9, after the, toward the end time. And so it's not in even the verse 19, which deals with the tribulation period. But that's another sermon. So here in the book of Revelation, in chapter 21, I want you to notice in verse 1. And I saw a new heavens and a new earth, for the Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. See, this is how God says, in the end, we're going to be in a new place with a new body, and it's going to be like a garden of Eden for all eternity, and there'll be no more sin. That means there'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow, no more pain. So that's what God has for those that trusted Christ as Savior. Now, there's those who will not believe. So then he gives you a little brief, said, not just believers, but trying to help you identify what he's talking about and why you need a new birth, why you need to trust Christ as Savior. So he says here in verse 7, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Inherit is by birth. That means trusting Christ as your Savior. It's not earning something. So he says in verse 8, But the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all, all, uh uh-oh, all what? Liars. Liars. You ever told a lie? Well, it was a little white one. Liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So you stop thinking about that person who committed that real bad sin. And you just think about the person committed that little good sin? No, they're all sins. And so people that have never trusted Christ as Savior, they are born in sin, they live in sin, and they die in sin. Remember the three on the cross. There was one who died for sin, one died to sin, and one died in sin. So here you have the consequences, you know, told at the end of what it's going to be like. And it says they'll burn in fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now look in Revelation chapter 22. Chapter 22, we're now at the end of the Bible, the end of the book of Revelation. The last chapter. And God says this, when you die, when you die, however you are, when you die is the way you will be for all eternity. In other words, if you die saved, you're saved for eternity. If you die lost, you're lost forever. It never gets changed. So you look down there in verse 10. And he said unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, when you die and you are unjust, means you have not been justified. Means you have not been declared righteous. Let him be unjust still forever and ever and ever. And he which is, what's that word? Filthy. Remember that's back there in that other verse that we were looking at in the book of uh, Psalms in chapter 14, verse 3. The word filthy, that's a description. And they're like all like this. And God is righteous, holy, and pure. And man is filthy. And if you die filthy, you will be filthy forever. And if you are with anybody else in hell, they're all filthy too. But whether or not you see anybody else, I don't know. The Bible says you're like wandering stars in the midst of blackness forever. As though there's no light in hell. Now get what else he says. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. If I was to die today, if I die as a righteous man in the sense that I have God's righteousness given to me by my faith in Christ, I am righteous for eternity. I am holy for eternity. The lost man is lost for eternity. Filthy for eternity. And then notice, he says... In spite of everything that I've said in the book of Revelation, let me get your mind back to reality, back to where you are. Now he's going to address the church once again, because the time in which we live, we're supposed to do something about what we've understood. And so he says there in verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. And the root and the offspring of David. And the bright and morning star. And the bride or the Spirit says, come. You see, this day in which we live, the Holy Spirit is on your trail. And He says, come. Because you can now. As long as you're alive, you can. God doesn't have a day of cutting off anybody as long as you draw breath. That's why you'll hear about some people having deathbed experiences. They trust Christ as Savior right before they die. And that's possible. That is possible. But do you want to risk taking that chance? I wouldn't. Because the decision is forever. And you may not have another chance to make that decision. So he says here, the Spirit says, come. The bride, that's the church, that's us. What are we doing in this world? Come. Come to the Savior. Come and trust Christ as Savior. I don't mean come down to the front of a church. I'm not about right where you are. You can come to the Lord. And then, next, what else? And let him that heareth say, Come. That's an invitation. And let him that is athirst come. That's an invitation. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. That's an invitation. Now, and it's free. He says, come and take the because, don't you understand? If you die lost, you're lost forever. You that are saved, you're saved forever. So God says, you that are saved, I'm going to put you here, and I want you say, come. Did you know when you present the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it's an invitation. Whosoever believeth is inviting people to do what? Believe, to trust Christ as their Savior. There isn't a greater purpose in any man's life than inviting people to trust Christ as their Savior. Explaining the gospel to them. So very important. Now look what he says here in verse 18. A lot of people get these two verses all messed up, but I'd like to simplify things as much as possible. Based upon all the other things that I do know in the Word of God. In verse 18, for I testify to every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plays that are written in this book. God just said salvation is free. Take the water of life freely. All you have to do is come and trust him. That's all you have to do. Woe to anybody who adds to that. And there's preachers all across this world that are adding works to the gospel. He said, don't you add anything to this message. This is the message of heaven and hell. For all eternity. It's so important. It's not a game. It's not time to be nice to the preachers. Because well they mean well. And they're sincere. I don't care how sincerely they are. You can be sincerely wrong. You either trust Christ as your savior. Or you don't trust him at all. He is your only hope. He's the only way. There is no other way. There's no plan B. And so God says. If any man shall add unto them. These things, God shall add in him the plagues that are written in this book. Don't you add to anything that God says, if the gospel is free. And the other verse I want you to see there in verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. While you live, you have an opportunity to go into the holy city to go into heaven, to have your name written in the book of life, now is the only time you have. This is the greatest opportunity God has ever given to anybody. But if you reject that, if you don't accept that, then all your opportunities when you die, all your opportunities go. That opportunity to trust Christ is gone. Naming your Lamb's book of life is gone. To have this eternal life. It's it's all gone. You blew it. And who in the world would want to be in hell for all eternity. Thinking in his mind. I blew it. I wasted it. Because my day of expiration came. And I was not ready. I was not ready to die. I was not prepared. So what is the Christian's responsibility? Let me show you real quick. Look there in the book of Romans. In chapter 1. Romans in chapter 1. see there in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. After everything we've said. Everything that I've talked about. Verse 16 says for I am not ashamed. And the reason I'm not ashamed. Is because it's for everybody. And God can save anybody. And it doesn't exclude anybody. I'm not ashamed of that. I don't care how bad a person may think they are. How many bad, wicked things they have done. I know that the Bible says God loves them. And that Christ died for them. And that they can have eternal life if they trust Him as Savior. So he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to save everyone. Unless they committed the following sins that I'm going to mention. <laughs> I am not ashamed of Everyone that does what? It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they've done. God, I believe, wants us to be fruit pickers instead of fruit inspectors. And then in verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. You see, my father in law put his faith in Jesus Christ, he trusted him as Savior. He told me, not put my faith in Christ. Amen. I've told others they put their faith in Christ. You see, from faith to faith, from faith to faith. Now, did it stop with you? That's why I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And that's why it's so important. Look up here. Probably thought I forgot about it. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Doesn't matter what you've done. It's who you are. You're someone God loves. And he says, we all have sinned. We've all gone astray. But God says that he loves us and he hates our sin because, see, the wages of sin is death. We have incurred a debt and we have to pay for it. And once you die, you're eternally separated from God in a literal fire burning hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be as righteous as God. None of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We have all come short of God's perfection. We need a Savior. So Jesus Christ did something for us. Because we can't save ourselves Jesus came into the world. Jesus Christ, this hand represents Him. He came into the world because, well, He loves us. He hates our sin. Because our sin separates us from Him. So what Christ did is He took all the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. He said the only thing that we had to do is believe He did it for us. And remember, when Christ paid for all the sins of the world, there can never be another sin in the future. They can ever be added to the debt. Because he says. Blessed is the man. To whom God will not impute sin. You see he put it to his account. God will never impute another sin to me. I cannot incur another debt for sin. He paid it all. It is finished. There are no more payments to be made. I cannot get in debt again. You see, the, the law cannot condemn a dead man. And I'm dead to the law. Because his death was put to my account. As though I paid for my sins. So you can't know you're going to heaven until you know you cannot go to hell. And the reason I cannot go to hell today is because I already paid for him. My sins are all paid. I go to heaven on what Christ did on the cross for me. And we should serve the Lord not to get to heaven. Yes, we should give people the impression that we love them. It doesn't mean you approve of the people's lifestyle. I don't like sin, but I still have a sinful nature. But we should still love the person. Try to do everything we can to help salvage people's lives. Those who know Christ as Savior, it's so very important. Let me give you this in closing. Look there in Romans in chapter 12 in verse 1 and 2. For you that know Christ as your Savior, understand what God wants you to do at this time. This is where we are. This is who we are. This is what is our responsibility. So he says there in verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, in view of what God's done for you, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You see, you don't present your body to Christ before you're saved. That's Lordship salvation. After you have trusted Christ as your Savior, it's a choice. To present my body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. And he says this. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now let me read it to you this way. Some of you might remember. I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you win souls. By the mercies of God, that you win souls. That you present your body a living sacrifice that you might win souls. Holy that you might win souls. Acceptable unto God that you might win souls. Which is your reasonable service that you might win souls. Be not conformed to this world that you might win souls. But be it transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might win souls. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, that you might win souls. Can you hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, as is mentioned in Revelation chapter 22? Uh, It's what God wants us to do. It's what should be the the goal and the purpose of this ministry right here, which I believe that it is. And I have enjoyed greatly my 11 years that I was here. And I've done whatever I can to try to challenge people, not only to trust Christ as Savior, but to love the Lord with all your heart and to walk and be as godly as you possibly can because we all have an expiration date on our lives and it may be sooner than we think. If you look at the world situation, I believe that Jesus is coming soon. Just keep looking up. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning and maybe you have never understood and trusted Christ as your Savior, I hope you see the importance of it. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Would you right now, just talk to the Lord and say something simple like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. See, God already knows it. He just wants you to recognize it. I'm a sinner. And I believe Jesus died on that cross and paid for my sins. And I'm going to trust Him as my Savior. I'll accept Him as my payment for my sins. And friend, God said, if you'll believe it, Give you eternal life. So when you get up to leave, you can say, I know I have eternal life. I know I'm going to heaven when I die because this morning I trusted Christ as my Savior. Now, if you've already done so, you don't have to do it again. He can't give you eternal life at one time. But if you've never done it, if you die lost, you're forever lost. There are no more chances, no more opportunities. Would you right now trust Christ as Savior? And if you will, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Raising your hand does not save you. Just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. You're saying, Preacher, that made sense to me. And I will trust Christ as my Savior. Friend, we we'll just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down. And say, it all. no, it all." If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, my Christian friend, what will it be? What will it take for us to see what God wants us to do in the time that we have, life is short. And only what, what's done for Christ is going to last. Father, we thank you again for your blessing. Thank you for this time together. We ask your blessings upon each one here in Christ's name we pray. Amen. my place. Have you ever heard that
1: faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast.